Welcome to the Speak With People podcast. My name is Jason Rates. I'll be your host, and this podcast exists to help you improve your communication skills. Whether you communicate one-on-one, to a team, from a stage, or from behind a screen, we know that when we improve our communication skills as leaders, it exponentially changes everything. It improves our relationships, it improves our leadership skills, and it improves our business skills. So let's get ready to dive into this next episode. Today, I'm so excited to have a guest that I have followed along with online for a long time, and we're going to have a great conversation. Maybe you have wanted to be a speaker for a long time. Maybe it's been stirring in you, and you wonder what it would be like to get paid to speak or go and travel and speak or go to an event and be a breakout speaker or a keynote speaker. How does someone make that transition? Where do you start? How do you know if you have what it takes? Our guest today is going to give us some insights, going to help us be able to navigate that transition. And so for a lot of aspiring speakers, this journey can kind of be daunting, but it's great that we have uh, people like the guest today because they're going to help us conquer, conquer some of those initial hurdles and dis- discover kind of the unique voice that uh, each of us have that sets you apart for the world of speaking. Well, I am so excited and honored to have Jesse Cruz on the podcast. Jesse, thank you so much for being on the Speak With People podcast. Jason, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, I feel like we have known each other for a while, uh, but we, I mean, it was really one of our first conversations. I mean, we, I, I, I want to say support each other like crazy online and uh, I appreciate it very, very, very much and appreciate all you do. And so I'm just glad you're here. Before we kind of hop into this conversation, would you kind of give us, our listeners, just a little bit more of your story, who you are, what you do, all that kind of stuff? Absolutely. Well, first and foremost, I'm a man of faith. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a professional speaker and speaker speaker development coach and best-selling author. I love it. I love it. That is absolutely fantastic. Uh, I was trying to remember the other day, watching online, uh, one uh, one daughter, couple, couple kids, can't remember. Yeah, I got my daughters, Haley and Mariah. They're about to be 17 and 15 very soon. Wow. Wow. That is a fun age. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, hey, can you share with us maybe a little bit more of your personal journey from kind of going from being a leader to a professional speaker? Like what happened in you to kind of take those steps? Why did you finally take the step, you know, in order to do that? You know, I'd love to know just kind of how you made that transition. Mm, It came from investing into a coach, not knowing what was going to happen. I had no clue about the results. I just knew that I was being called to share my story. Mm. Working with this coach changed my life. The challenging part was that I ran out of money before the story got finished. (laughs) And when I was going through that process, like I'm going to have to call my coach, tell him I quit. Well, before I do that, I got to go home and have this conversation with my wife. She has no idea that we ran out of money. We have quite little zero dollars. So I, I go home and I say, Des, look, we got to talk. She's like, what's going on? I said, well, you know how it's been my dream to share my story. She's like, yeah, Jesse, I know. I said, well, you know how we've invested several thousands of dollars to get this story shared out. She's like, yeah, I know. I said, well, if you look in our bank account right now, you will see that we have zero dollars. And when I said that, I remember the look on her face of just complete disappointment. 
And then I followed up by letting her know that today I'm going to have to quit on my dream. And I just can't do this anymore. And I remember just dropping my head in humiliation because I've been telling my wife and my kids to always go after your dreams. You never give up. You never make an excuse. And here I was doing the exact opposite that I told them to do. And I started crying. And my wife just sits there silently. And then she finally speaks up and says, you know what, Jesse? I'm not going to let you give up on your dream. We're going to figure this out. Wow. And when she said that, I just left my head up from the table and I, I said, you know what, Des, you're right. We'll find a way to make the sacrifices to get the money. Yeah. We'll make time. We'll make this a priority. We'll get the right relationships and support around us to make this happen. And then after we made that effort and sacrifice, got the story shared out and it completely changed my life. And then that turned into, that was with a book. And then that turned into people wanting me to speak. I never really wanted to be a speaker. I was called to be a speaker. I didn't mm. set out to become one. And when, once I started speaking, I saw how it was impacting people. I still had no clue what I was doing the entire time, uh, <laughs> but I was just going along for the ride. Like people asked me to speak, I'm gonna speak. I had no clue what I was doing, but I saw that it was impacting uh, at least a handful of people that would hear me speak. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna keep doing this. I'm gonna keep developing the skill, honing my craft and keep working on my speaking. So that's how it started. Wow. Wow. That's absolutely fantastic. What's uh, if you could, if you could kind of dip into uh, your story a little bit, what, what was the part of the story that you were kind of called to share that you, uh, you started speaking about back then? It actually came from a very difficult circumstance. My wife and I, we were praying for a child. It didn't happen for years. And then finally we were blessed with a baby girl. And when she was born, she was four months early and she was one pound and could fit in the palm of my Ooh. hand literally and every single moment in the hospital we never knew what would happen next mm. and i can remember moments of she would be doing fine and then i would watch her flatline and they would rush in to save her life mm. and this became normal was watching her take her last breath and come back to life and then 42 wow. days fighting for her life, she passed away. Mm. And leaving the hospital without my daughter destroyed me mm. and almost took my life because mm. of the despair that I felt. I felt like I lost a, a part of me and my sense of meaning and purpose was gone when she left. And what got me through it was my faith and my wife and my kids but it's interesting enough that you know i talk with speakers all the time and people who want to become speakers and there's all these you know excuses as to why they can't do it yep right? and i let them know it's like quite literally this little one pound girl that nobody's even met has caused this much of a ripple effect of an impact all over the planet we really don't have any excuse mm. wow Wow. That's powerful. So walk into, you know, say, you know, someone's, uh, yeah, I got this message, you know, I really want to, I really want to speak, but I mean, you know, the, 
they, they really struggle with communicating. What do you recommend to those those kind of folks? You know, or do you recommend like, hey, every everybody, every single person on the planet with the right coaching, with the right skills, you can become a speaker? Or are there some people that you're like, your your story should probably be a movie, you know? Like, what 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 do you recommend there for folks? Well, I believe that everybody has a story worth sharing. It's yeah. just a degree or the medium that you choose in which to share it. Yeah. Right. Some people may be more naturally inclined to put it in a book, uh, put it into a script, or share it from a stage. But however, yep. no matter what you've been through, yep. Whether I I've noticed people fall in two different camps. Typically, one is that. They're, they've gone through so much trauma that they feel like it's too personal to share. So mm. they, they hold back. And then the opposite extreme is they feel like they haven't really experienced enough trauma, right? They yep. didn't have any catastrophe happen. They've lived yep. a pretty regular life. So they feel like my story is, is not going to be worth hearing or listening to. And both are wrong. You have the yeah. exact amount of life experiences to share a story that's compelling because you're you're one out of over 8 billion people, right? You're the only one with your specific story. Therefore, your story matters. It sticks out. It's unique and it's special because it's the only one in human existence. Yep. Yep, absolutely. That's so powerful. That's so powerful. Yeah, we had uh, we had a leader on the podcast. Uh, I, actually, I think his episode will air this Friday. Uh, uh, Damon Girk, and he wrote a great book. It's right, actually right next to me. Are you who you want to be? And in it, he talked about how you are the only you on the planet. And you're, I mean, you're just, you're so correct. Like, you know, we each have this amazing story. We got to stop looking down on our story and realize, hey, we've got, we've got this purpose. We got to share it. So walk through the person who, you know, where you were at, at one point where you're like, okay, I think I'm ready to be this, a speaker. Like, what are those kind of first steps? Because I get emails from folks all the time. Hey, I see you speaking in places. Boy, I want to do that. How do I do it? How do you coach people, you know, at the very beginning stages, what they need to do in order to take those steps to be a speaker? Uh, I walk speakers through our 3D system of speaking. First is it's discovering what story you want to tell mm. because we have such a variety of life experiences. You know, where do yep. we begin? You know, yep. So it's creating that story bank, pulling parts from your life that, hey, I can pull. I can share this story or that story. And then it's deciding what story and then connected to that story. It's like, all right, now that I've discovered what story I want to tell, now it's developing the story, mm. right? So now we need to create, um, there's a few C's that I go through. It's like, who's the character in the story? Typically it's yourself. And then with, the, with that character, we need to have context, the who, the what, the where, the when, the why, the how. Yep. And then with that context, we need to have some sort of conflict and then we need to have some sort of conclusion. Mm. And so it's, we build that out. And then once we get through building that out after they discover what story to tell, uh, understanding how to develop that story, now it's time to deliver the story with confidence. And I believe confidence comes from taking action consistently in the direction of your goal. So if you want to speak, mm. then you need to speak as simple as it sounds. Wow. You don't get better at speaking with just reading about it. Although I think you should research, you should study, sure. you should observe, sure. you should get in those rooms as much as possible. You know, I, I compare it like to riding a bike. Yeah, you, you can look up on a YouTube video how to ride a bike. Yep. And that's great. Yep. However, you must at one point get on the bike and yep. pedal. Yep. It's like get on a stage and just be like, well, I don't have a stage. I don't have connections. Like 
take your phone out of your pocket. Yep. Hit the record button, and you just made a stage yep. and start practicing. You sure did. <laughs> yeah, isn't it fascinating in 2023 and beyond? I mean, not a, not a single person on the planet uh, doesn't have a platform anymore. I, I, I mean, unless you have a flip phone. But for the most part, you know, we all have a platform. You're able, you're able to do that. And those reps that you talked about, oh, it's just so valuable. I tell people all the time, does not matter if it's your neighborhood group, doesn't matter if it's a nursing home, doesn't matter if it's a chamber event. Get up in front of, if it's 30 seconds, three minutes, 10 minutes, just communicate. I love that. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. Okay, so let's talk about confidence for a second because you just brought that up. You know, some folks, this is the thing, right? Confidence and fear hold them back from public speaking. And so what are some steps for you? I mean, we just kind of talked about it a little bit, you know, start speaking. But, you know, for you, how did you kind of cultivate confidence in yourself? What advice would you give people who are who are struggling with that? Because maybe they're doing the reps, but they're just not confident yet. You know, and they got to find that confidence in themselves. How would you How would you coach them that way? For me, it's understanding that it's really not even about you to begin with, mm. and that can Oof. take a little bit of the pressure off. And you, they say the number one fear in the world is public speaking, and it's actually not. It's what you think of what you think they think about your public speaking. That's the fear. Wow. It's the fear of their opinions, what they're going to say about you. It's not public speaking, right? And so I realized that anytime I withhold my story or I withhold my message or I withhold my ability to speak to impact other people, I have robbed them of a blessing. I have robbed wow. them of healing. I have robbed them of an opportunity wow. to become a better human being because I'm too worried about what they might think. So therefore, I shouldn't be speaking out because I don't care enough about the people. Yep. So when you care enough about the people, you're going to be more confident in speaking because you understand it's not really about you to begin with. Yep. Wow. Oof. That's so good. I mean, it's so hard though too, right? I mean, in this world, it seems like, uh, you know, it seems like uh, most of us have this disease called me-itis. And so we're always like, what about me? What about me? What about me? Will people like me? Will they like my, you know, will they laugh? Will they think I'm smart? Will they like my stories? And you're so right. If we just flip that over and be so concerned with our audience and helping them, oh, it's amazing what it does for us. It's just, for sure. oh, it's, it's just incredible. Do you have any stories from your own uh, past where you've stepped on stage and, you know, it's just one of those moments where the, com- you know, your lack of confidence kind of got you and you just kind of had to get through it or you flubbed up in the middle or, you know, any of those kind of moments where, <laughs> well, I know like the first time I ever spoke, like I said, I had no clue what I was doing. Um, however, I still did it anyways. Yeah. And, you know, I had some people in the room with me and I was like, how was it? They're like, you know, they said so graciously, we could tell that you're new, <laughs> you know, we, we <laughs> can tell this is your first time. I'm like, well, oh, yep. thanks. Okay. So, you know, I was so nervous because I, you get this imposter syndrome that who am I to get up in front of a room to give people insights and and advice? Who am I with all my issues, my background, my struggles, my family history? If they only knew all the issues that I deal with, Mm. my trauma, my pain, who am I to get up in front of a room and spread some interesting news to help improve the quality of life of another human being? Yep. And I think that's the main thing is that we, we're so focused on how we feel inadequate. 
And however, I've realized it is the inadequacies are the exact thing that qualify you. They never disqualify you. They always prepare you. Ooh. Wow. Let that one sit in for a minute. That is, that is profound. That is absolutely great. So how can we use those inadequacies or this inadequacies, you know, to keep improving as a communicator? Like how can they kind of stir us, uh, you know, for each time to kind of help us improve? So one of the greatest ways to connect with the audience is to be relatable. Mm. If you get up on a stage and you talk about all the things you've accomplished, how great you are, how special you are, they don't really care. You just yep. sound arrogant. However, if you could talk about one of those struggles, those challenges, those failures, and not be ashamed of them. Although we've done some things we're all not proud of. We've made some really terrible mistakes that we're embarrassed by. But when you have the courage to share them boldly, you give permission to everybody in the room to share as well. You give them this idea like you can go through a traumatic experience. You can really make a bad choice and still use it for the good to benefit people. And I would encourage people out there, this is it. the exact thing that you're thinking is holding you back could also be the exact thing that pushes you forward if you have the courage to share it. Yep. Yep. So if you have the courage to share it, how, how do you find somewhere to share it? You know, that's what's early, you know, young speakers want to know all the time. I mean, I, I guess professional speakers do as well, like waiting mm -hmm. for that next, you know, engagement. Like how do you, especially let's just go for, you know, the young, brand new, trying to get started. How do they go find a place to be able to share that story? As mentioned before, you know, you could typically pull out your phone and go on social media, make a video and post it, right? True. That could yep. be a, a very first virtual yep. stage. You can do that. Contact. Yep. I always say start, start with your warm market, you know, family members, friends, if they work for certain organizations, yep. your local churches, yep. um, you know, businesses in your area, libraries are great, colleges, schools, yep. quite literally start in your own community. You call up a Rotary Club, a Chamber of Commerce. All these are places that you can reach out to and just start. And yeah. a lot of times people will like, I want to do this and I want to accomplish that. But they want perfection before they even start. Mm. And if you're waiting for per perfection to start, you will never start. Oh, no. There's no such yep. thing. And, and the sooner you start without knowing all the answers, the sooner you can actually make progress to help other people. Yeah, absolutely. It's so fascinating the, the the process of, well, I want it to be, I want it to be perfect. I want it to be perfect. And in the midst of it, you just miss out on, you know, all, all this opportunities that you could have been having and what you could have been experiencing along the way. It's like, just start little steps, little steps, little steps, little steps, and, you know, see what happens uh, when you, when you get there. That is, that is a powerful, that is, that is a powerful advice right there. That is, uh, that is good. That's, whew. What, uh, when you're coaching your speakers, do you walk them through some type of framework to put their uh, message, you know, in place? Uh, do you walk them through, you know, when, when they're kind of, they're kind of actually forming their message? Do you, you know, help them kind of develop a big idea statement and then wrap anything around it? Just curious how you kind of help them articulate their message. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So typically that's starting with your opening statement. You know, when you start speaking, how are you grabbing their attention? There's a few different methods you could use. My personal favorite is you go right into a story. I think that hooks and connects with people immediately because I believe our, our brains are wired for story. And so yep. when you could start with story, 
you have their attention. You could also start with a what I call a universal question, which is a question that you ask at the beginning of the speech that's going to get them engaged to understand what we're all on the same page. Like, how many people in this room have ever been hurt by something? Like, all right. hands go up. We've all been hurt right. by something. Right? Right. So now we got common ground. Right. So it's a universal question. You could use a, an inspiring quote and then give a, a unique perspective on it. You know, that's another way. So it's it's building up the framework of having, you know, in the beginning, how am I catching their attention? Yep. Right. So, and then you jump right into what I call like your your system Which your middle of your speech can quite literally be three key points of what you teach your content. Yeah. So in the beginning, I call it the connection. How are you building a bridge between you and your audience? Yep. So now you're touching their heart. You relate it to them. And in the in the middle of the speech, you're going to connect with their mind. Because mm. now you're going to create content that gets them to think, to be insightful, to make decisions. Because now you've given them some sort of information yep. to show them, hey, this can help you do A, B, and C. And then you're going to what you're going to do after you've touched their heart and you've reached their mind, you're going to go back to touching that heart again. Yep. And you want to connect with them one more time and then also tie in a call to action to get them to do something when your speech is done. So that's kind of like an overview framework yeah. of what I walked them through. Yeah. Boy, that's great. And just, I mean, it, it takes so much pressure off to have a framework, you know, to be able to walk them through. And it just amazes me how many times people get up in front and they just they just waste the first one you know one minute two minutes three minutes five minutes on just unnecessary stuff you know banter with the audience introducing themselves in a super long drawn out introduction after they've already been introduced you know by someone I love what you said there just hook them like bring them in universal question or a story we had a great uh, guest on the podcast uh, his episode aired. Uh, I want to say a couple weeks ago, Fabian Ramirez, and he's been speaking to middle school students for 13 years. I mean, talk about a tough crowd up in front of a thousand middle school kids, you know, but he said just what you said right there, you know, start them with the hook. And he said a lot of times he'll start in the middle of the story and kind of backtrack. So they got to, you know, try to follow along with them. You know, they'll be able to, uh, they'll be able to do that. Talk to us about the call to action at the end. So you kind of walked us through that system, that framework. How important is that call to action and, and, you know, what emphasis does a speaker need to put on that call to action towards the end of their, their message? Well, I think there's two key things uh, when it comes to that. The first thing is most speakers don't even know what that is, especially mm. when they're starting out. Like they just mm. want to, they just want to talk, which is fine. However, you got to have a call to action. And so as first is like them getting an education on what a call to action even is. Yep. That's like the first thing. And then the second thing it's so important is because if you go, and this is something I struggled with early on, I was just getting up there and delivering speeches. I thought I was the man. Like, ooh, I just, look at all these people cheering for me. Great speech. Nothing changed in their life, right? Because wow. I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't do anything up there to, to help them move forward. So a call to action is important, you know, whether that's quite literally uh, getting, booking a call with me to see how I can best provide you with any additional yep. services. It yep. is, you know, buy my book or it is potentially let's just have a conversation back or take this assessment, whatever it is. It's just having a next step. A lot of times speakers think that the main event is you're speaking. And that's a really important thing to understand. Is like 
yes, speaking is important. However, when you leave the stage, that's when the really work can happen Oof. because what did you provide the audience with for them to take the next step to grow and to change? Yep. So have something tangible, you know, whether that's a download or whether like, like I mentioned before, uh, something, a product yep. or a service, something yep. that they can move forward along with a resource that you can send them, whether that's paid or it's free having something that they could take a next step with. So a call to action, it, it is, a, to me, it's almost a requirement for a speech. Mm. Mm. I love that. So in your estimation, then what I'm hearing is, uh, if somebody is sitting here listening to this and they're like, ah, oh, I've wanted to be a speaker for a while. I just, I want to help people with, with the message, the story that I've been given. What I'm hearing from you is they should, they should take some action on that. Like there's no need to just sit around and, you know, wait for the day to come, but they should step up and start to put some things in place to make it happen. Yeah. The, the most successful people I know, the difference between I've noticed people who are very successful and people who struggle to achieve the success they desire is quite literally the people who are very successful. They just acted on the idea quicker. So a person who wow. is undecisive, they'll, they'll have a brilliant, and this is one of the things I struggle with. So I, that's why I feel like I understand this so much because I have a million ideas as an entrepreneur, yep. a million. And I don't act on all of them, right? Mm. I just think about what this could look like, what this might look like, what this could be. And I want to make it perfect. I want to make it the right timing. First of all, no such thing. The best time to do it was yesterday. Second best time is today. And so the difference is, I just choose to act quicker now and I don't have all the answers even when I, I could make a mistake, but you can always fix a bad decision. You can't fix no decision. Right. So I encourage you go make some decisions that are maybe not always correct and then try to fix it later rather than just sitting back and making no decision and committing to doing nothing. Wow. So you do a lot with, with coaching and then uh, with I mean, some of the speaker groups you get together and how important is it to be in a community of speakers? Because like I've, I've followed some of your Facebook posts where you guys were doing the competitions and, you know, you got the speakers all together in a room. Like how important is it, you know, especially for someone who wants to be a speaker or who wants to keep improving and, uh, you know, affect more lives to kind of get into a room like that to kind of experience, wow, look at all these other speakers here. I would make it as a comparison to being on a sports team. If I wanted to get better at basketball, I probably would not go hang out in the band room with people playing instruments. Yep. Yep. Sure. There's something great going on in that room. It has nothing to do with my, my purpose. It's their purpose. It's their gift. Their, their gift is to play the music. Your gift is to play basketball. And if you keep going into rooms where the gift is not being activated, your gift can never be shared. And when you go into a room where people are activating your specific gift, you are now exposed to people who are really going all in on that gift. And it gives you the courage to go all in on yours. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. That's, in, that's incredible. Has there been any moments uh, in your speaking career where someone who's a few steps ahead of you uh, kind of paved the way for you or opened up a door or you know, provided an opportunity for you to, you know, kind of walk through a door that you never thought would be available to you? Yeah, I mean, it would, it was a coach that 
is it called? Is there so many people? I, I could yeah. be here all day naming the people. Um, I'll actually start with a publisher. I start with a publisher. I'm going to change my answer. A publisher. I was trying to get my book out, and I was sending out manuscript, not getting responses, not getting responses, and then I was getting rejections, and I was like, you know, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe it's just not my calling. Yeah. And I believe that we get rejection to test to see how bad we really want it. And I think we get wow. rejection as a form of understanding our own self-worth, that we still matter even if people say we don't. Yeah, I believe we get rejection in the form of people who maybe we looked up to or admired or respected saying, no, I don't believe in you, you can't, as a way for us to really see if we really believe it. Yep. And so I look back at the, when my first, my first publisher, you know, when she said yes, I was like, so thankful because, you know, I was getting ignored and I was getting rejected. And then finally someone said yes. And it changed everything. Mm. Cause I believe everyone is only one yes away from a completely different life. Oof. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love, I absolutely love that. And I mean, rejection is part of the game, right? Like you're going to have to, especially if you want to be a speaker, <laughs> not everyone is going to ask you, you know, and you're going to have to ask a lot of people. Uh, and so you're going to have to learn how to do that. Uh, that is, that's fantastic. Hey, as we kind of wrap up the conversation, is there any, uh, you know, we've, you've given so many practical insights here for speakers, uh, especially folks wanting to get in the speaker who's kind of been in it for a while, any, any skills or tools or, you know, a challenge to them that, you know, to figure out how they can keep improving. So they don't kind of, you know, kind of get, get, uh, to a place where they're just, you know, still, still doing it. Any, any challenge you'd give them? No matter how skilled you are in speaking, hiring the right people to help you get better mm. for the rest of your life. Yeah. Cause even the greatest in the world at you name it, has a coach to help them. Yep. Yep. That's so powerful. Oh, I love that. Okay. Well, hey, before I let you go, uh, why don't we do some rapid fire questions, let our audience kind of keep getting to know you. But we talk a lot about speaking on this podcast. Do you, do you have a favorite speaker? I mean, this is just someone you can listen to all day long. You're like, ah, just love how they communicate. I would say Ed Milet is probably my favorite speaker. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. Is there a podcast, either kind of on the development side or the guilty pleasure side, that you just love? Like it just fills you up. You kind of, you know, learn a ton from it. The Game by Alex Ramosi's my favorite podcast. Oh, yeah. 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 He's something else, I'll tell you. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, and then is there a book you would recommend? You know, to speakers out there, like, hey, this is this is really a book you should, you know, this is a book you should read. A lot of great insights in it for you. The book I'm going to share actually doesn't have anything to do with speaking. Mm -hmm. However, it's a mindset thing, and yeah. it's called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. And okay. that book will help any – it doesn't matter the profession. It's all about a mindset for you going to the next level and whatever you're pursuing. Oh, I love that. I love that. Well, uh, we'll put all of those in the show notes and make sure all of that is available. 
Uh, before I let you go, is there anywhere, uh, where can we send people online to find you, find out more what you do, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I mean, they can connect with me right on Facebook, uh, Jesse okay. Cruz, or Instagram, uh, Jesse Cruz Speaks, either place is fine. Awesome, awesome. Well, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll put all of those in there. And again, I appreciate uh, all you do. I mean, it is, uh, I love following you on Facebook. You are prolific, my friend. I mean, I, I feel like those moments where I'm like, oh, all right, all right, I got to be able to get over this hurdle. I open up my phone. There's a post from Jesse Cruz. I'm like, you know what? I can do this. I can do this. I can take the step forward. And so I appreciate what you do for so many. You don't even know how many people you're affecting. Uh, it's just awesome. So I just Thank appreciate it. So appreciate Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Thank you, man. Absolutely. Well, thank you for joining us on another episode of the Speak With People podcast. We hope that you were encouraged. We hope that you were inspired and challenged to improve your communication skills. I want to thank you again for being a part of the Speak With People podcast community. Make sure you don't miss out on being a part of the Speak With People Facebook community group. Just head to Facebook, type in Speak With People, scroll down and join our community because every single day, we're encouraging each other. We're helping each other to improve our communication skills. Thanks again, and we'll see you in the next episode.